0: there and welcome to the 2020 edition of the uae tech podcast a series of discussions on how technology is reshaping governance and economics in the united arab emirates from our offices in media city dubai i'm john lillywhite with albo ever business
1: uae has already seen the very formidable uh, digital infrastructure, which has contributed to its resilience, you know, through the pandemic, and I'm sure mm. 5G will further strengthen the overall digital resilience and you know, strengthen the overall non-hydrocarbon economy. And just to add over there, in terms of uh, you know, the technology infrastructure that we have, it's going to be a very, very important uh, part of the overall smart governance model uh, uh, in the UAE. And at the user end. It's seamless and uninterrupted uh, connectivity provided by 5G uh, ensures that people can access the e-services without any disruptions, And there are no lags or loss of video or audio typically, you know, associated with uh, uh, assessing these, uh, some of these apps on, you know, some other networks. And uh, similarly, the digitization of government services is also a very good example of how technology is plays, playing a very important role Uh, in shaping the ambitions of uh, UAE.
0: Smart city access points that unlock new areas of the city. A VR enhanced history lesson on the ancient Silk Roads. A health app that monitors your vitals and communicates constantly with local health providers. Faster gaming, larger online communities. All of these near horizon services have one thing in common. Bandwidth. As smartphones serve as the portal to the cities we live in, and the wider digital economies around us, faster and more robust data networks are unlocking a new phase of economic growth. By adopting an early lead in shifting to 4G services, Recon Analytics write on how the US added nearly 100 billion to its economy by 2016, leading to massive innovation and job growth. Now, the rest of the world is catching up. As COVID-19 batters the analog economy, the stakes for the digital economy here in the UAE and globally could not be greater. Today we're joined by Sanmeet Kochhar, Vice President for HMD Global, MENA and India. HMD is the largest European brand in the mobile and smartphone space in the UAE, with a focus on making 5G-enabled devices as widely accessible as possible. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much, John, for having me. It's uh, great to, uh, you know, be there with you today. Thank you so much. And a very good uh, morning to your uh, viewers. Greetings from my side.
0: Right. And, you know, mobile technology um, has reached such a penetration into our daily lives, um, particularly here in the UAE, where so much of what I do is on an app, um, be it, you know, booking cinema tickets or, or accessing government services, that, we're really pleased to have you here today because a lot of what we're discussing isn't just about, you know, the telecoms market or, um, you know, specific technologies like 5G. It has application to, to so many aspects of our lives and so many aspects of the economy. Um, with that in mind, I thought I'd start with a quote to introduce some of what you guys are working on at HMD. Um, and it's from Wired and it was published in December 2018. From artificial intelligence and self-driving cars to telemedicine and mixed reality to as yet undreamt technologies, all the things we hope will make our lives easier, safer and healthier will require high speed, always on internet connections. So in short, you know, the speed of internet has, has a big impact on the services we can offer um, and the future of perhaps the digital economy. Um, so that introduction, I thought you could tell us a little bit about h and Global and your work there
1: yes so uh, hmd global is a is a global startup uh, we started in uh, 2016 and we bring the best of the telephone or the phone ecosystem together so we have very very strong partnerships with uh, with google we bring the best of uh, android for our fans we have a very strong partnership with uh, uh, with nokia uh, we have an exclusive license for the next 10 years for uh, uh, for smartphones uh, and feature phones uh, from Nokia. We also have strong tie-ups with uh, industry leaders like Qualcomm and with Zais, uh, with Foxconn. So uh, we bring the best of the overall ecosystem. Uh, and then we, uh, if we look at our smartphones, we are very, very strongly differentiated from you know a market which is largely commoditized. So we bring the best of Android, which is the pure, the latest. And the most uh, up-to-date and the most secure Android for our fans. And in today's world where security is a very uh, important aspect of uh, using technology, uh, this we believe is a very, very strong differentiator for us. Mm. In the feature phone business, we are uh, number one globally uh, in value. And then recently we also announced that uh, we uh, we closed a funding round in which... uh, we had investors like Google, Qualcomm, and Nokia Technologies, wherein we raised $230 million uh, as investments uh, from uh, these strategic partners, which also, uh, you know, speaks volumes about uh, our overall strategic direction uh, in this industry.
0: And it is a big industry. I mean, it's interesting that you call HMD a startup because, you know, when you think of telecoms, you always think of these Giant companies. So you're suggesting you have a, a startup mentality in, in regards to how the, the company is ran or, or is it, you know, how long has HMD been around? What's the history um, of the yeah,
1: company? Yes, so uh, uh, the Nokia, uh, so HMD Global has been there for uh, uh, since the last, uh, last four years almost. So we started off in 2016. However, wow. we announced our first phone, launched our first phone in uh, 2017. And in this short uh, time frame, we are now present uh, physically in uh, over 80 countries around the world and our phones get activated in over 180 countries. That's and, fantastic. Uh, the reason we call ourselves startup is uh, because, uh, you know, it's important that uh, in this very, very dynamic industry, we are very flexible and uh, you know, we are non-hierarchical, non-bureaucratic And we can take quick decisions and move forward very swiftly, although we operate on a large canvas, but we are able to move swiftly and we are able to, you know, provide what our fans are expecting from us.
0: Wow. So four years um, to to reach that kind of scale is really interesting. Um, But particularly in such a competitive market, uh, I wasn't actually aware of that. But I know, so HMD is playing a vision here, a role here, excuse me, in the UAE for the rollout of 5G services. Um, What's happening there?
1: Yes, so see, 5G uh, in UAE, I think 5G is going to play a very, very important role uh, uh, overall, uh, you know, uh, in the overall economy uh, in UAE. One of the key objectives that uh, we have said is that we want to bring on the 5G technology at affordable price points and uh, you know that is something that is going to help us uh, uh, move forward and uh, help our fans. Uh, you know, t- uh, uh, take over uh, or uh, adapt to this uh, technology and uh, 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 improve overall uh, uh, what they can do with their devices.
0: Right, and we know five G is is a major plank of the UAE strategy going forwards in terms of competitiveness um, globally. So. Um, Sanmi, could you give us a quick overview of how you see the 5G market at the moment in the UAE developing? Who are the players? Um, what are the challenges? What is HMD's position within that market?
1: Yes, yeah, so uh, 5G market, as of now, it's in an early stage. Uh, but we know that uh, you know, the operators uh, in UAE and in some of the key GCC markets, they have already you know, uh, rolled out uh, 5G. Also, we see a lot of uh, movement from both the handset manufacturers. So, this is going to be a very strong collaboration between uh, the mobile operators as well as the handset uh, manufacturer. And uh, this this has the potential to you know create a significant social and economic impact. So, uh, what we are seeing now is that uh, different handset manufacturers looking at what they can do and how they are going to, you know, uh, come to uh, the party with the, their 5G handsets. So, in this regard, uh, we have announced uh, our uh, uh, Nokia 8.3, which is again a truly global and future-proof 5G phone. And this is designed to support multiple and involving 5G network deployments with, the, you know, support for both standalone or non-standalone 5G combinations, where operators are rolling out around the globe. And being the first smartphone to use the Qualcomm 5G RF front-end module solution as part of its uh, you know overall uh, Qualcomm module, modular platform, uh, this condenses more than 40 different RF components into a single module, and you know making it not only a global device but also a future-proof smartphone which is ready for the next step in uh, 5G. So and- we have very very strong plans around bringing 5G into the affordable segment as we move forward.
0: Has that launched yet? Has that phone launched yet, or is that coming out soon?
1: It is announced already, and uh, we are planning to launch it next month.
0: So for our listeners, a, a bit of history, um, because I was uh, reading about this, and there's so much buzz about 5G, um, it's, it's hard to, to understand um, sometimes what the capabilities are. But I was also looking at this from the perspective, not of con- consumers and businesses, but also from the perspective of government and society at large. And again, I was, I was reading a, a wide article that gave a little bit of history about why these jumps from 4G to 5G, you know, I remember 3G, are so important. Um, and uh, it, I'll quote the wide article here, but it said, Facebook gave people a reason to stay glued to their devices. Pushed by Apple and Google and apps like Facebook, the US led the way in shifting to 4G leading to huge job and innovation growth as carriers expanded and upgraded their networks. Meanwhile, handset makers lost market share at home and abroad as US Mm -hmm. companies set the agenda for the app economy. So what it's really saying is that the future digital services that we'll use uh, and and the competitiveness of the economy are in many ways connected to this jump into 5G. And I guess what you're saying is that within a month's time, um, you know, um, there will be handsets out there that are capable of adapting to 5G networks whenever they launch um, in the future. So basically, if you buy one of these handsets in, in eight weeks uh, to whatever, you know, four weeks, five weeks time, then when 5G rolls out, you will be able to take advantages of, of that technology.
1: Yes, exactly. And, uh, you know, there are different aspects. So while, uh, see, it's a bit of a chicken and egg and uh, it's, uh, as I said, it's a collaboration between the mobile operators and handset manufacturers. And so, for example, if you buy a 5G handset today, you know, you are kind of future proofing uh, your device. And as and when the 5G uh, mobile operations are launched, uh, your device would be able to catch those 5G signals and in different use cases and different aspects, of your work life and your personal life, Uh, you can uh, leverage uh, uh, the technology and uh, you can uh, really change the way you are, what you're doing with your uh, smartphones.
0: And HMD is trying to do this in a way that is accessible. Yeah, so, you know, as many people as possible can have access to this, this new network and the new apps that will accompany it as possible. Is that kind of your market strategy?
1: Yes, and that is something that we have stated that as our key objective. Uh, and uh, as I mentioned, uh, you know, one of the key things that we have said is that our mission as a company is to make 5G smartphone accessible to consumers around the world. And we are looking at a strong partnership with different uh, operators. And, uh, you know, we are also looking to further transition the digital first offerings as a yeah. part of our new uh, post-COVID reality, and this is especially true for some of our key growth markets, uh, you know, such as uh, Africa, India, and even, uh, you know, some of the uh, uh, Western markets like uh, the US.
0: Okay, um, I mean, that has all sorts of um, implications as well because I'm sure governments and, and public sector organizations want accessibility to expand as quickly as possible. So if you've got if you're coming in at that end, you know, you've got the high end where, you know, only only so many people will buy an iPhone. But if the population at large are using these 5G devices, particularly in the UAE, that means more people have more access to, to government services, to um, you know, shopping deals, to that kind of thing. So do you think there's a a wider impact on the economy that HMD is 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 kind of incubating through a policy of getting more of these phones out, more of these 5G devices um, saturated into the market.
1: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So as I said, uh, see, uh, we don't look at high end in terms of only price points. Mm. Our objective is that how do we get, uh, you know, the high end uh, experiences into the hands of consumers and how can we get that into different price points which are more accessible? So uh, now coming to the overall impact. So uh, as I said, 5G has the strong potential to drive productivity, operational efficiencies, and Middle East, and in particular, the GCC is no stranger to innovation, and supported by strong and proactive government uh, initiatives. Uh, you know, so the mobile operators are now ready to deploy 5G technology, and UAE has already seen the very formidable. Uh, digital infrastructure, which has contributed to its resilience, you know, through the pandemic, and I'm sure mm. 5G will further strengthen the overall digital resilience and you know strengthen the overall non-hydrocarbon economy. And just to add over there, in terms of uh, you know the technology infrastructure that we have, it's going to be a very very important uh, part of the overall smart governance model uh, uh, in the UAE. And at the user end. It's seamless and uninterrupted uh, connectivity provided by 5g uh, ensures that people can access the e services without any disruptions and there are no lags or loss of video or audio typically you know associated with uh, uh, assessing these uh, some of these apps on you know some other networks and uh, similarly the digitization of government services is also a very good example of how technology is plays playing a very important role uh, in shaping the ambitions of, of uh, UAE, and uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No,
0: that's very true. I, mean, I was talking with um, some um, speakers from the fintech industry last week, and we were talking about how during COVID nineteen, a lot of people, particularly in the UAE, would apply to open a bank account digitally, without even visiting the branch, and of course that required you know uploading. An Emirates ID, taking a photo, sending all of that over an app. Um, and so, you know, a good connection is critical to all of that, even in terms of, you know, sending um, geolocation for, for where you want the bank card eventually delivered. Um, so, as you said um, um, so concisely, Yes, it's, it's true that, that a lot of these, these wider services will depend on 5G networks. Um, you did mention um, mobile operators. Now, I'm not sure how much detail you can go into on that, but is HMD receiving um, a lot of collaboration with operators here in the UAE and around the region? And how does that work when you have a technology like 5G, which needs some experimentation? Um, and there might be all sorts of you know, technical hurdles and things like that to, to talk about.
1: Yes. So, uh, see, look, what happens is that this now goes beyond a regular transactional relationship, uh, you know. So, we very closely collaborate with operators uh, across GCC and uh, we work with closely to not only create a business relationship, but, uh, you know, to focus beyond uh, connectivity and collaborate across the telecom value chain and across different sectors with Uh, leads to, uh, you know, creation of new business models. So, you know, they are uh, both mobile companies as well as the operators. They are integral part of the overall 5G ecosystem. And, uh, you know, the subscribers can't uh, leverage one without the other. So, therefore, it's important, uh, you know, that uh, both of these entities collaborate together. And uh, we are working very, very closely to see how we can create value, as I said, across the overall value chain. Uh, along
0: with the operators that, yeah so uh, i mean there is there must be quite a lot of collaboration across various sectors to get something like this rolled out and i think your handsets example is is really interesting as well the one you know in terms of the, that we're having future proof handsets that are coming out in a relatively short amount of time so i think the you know the opportunities of 5g um we we won't finish there i think there are a couple of other things we can mention i've got a Lewis Hamilton trailer on 5g that I want to bring up later because it's amazing. But what about the challenges? So, um, you know, from for individuals listening who maybe work in the telecom sector or ha- who, or who have some familiarity with 5g, be they in the UAE in the region or, you know, in the United States where there is a big debate over who provides this technology, what are some of the challenges or some of the, the, um, issues we're having with rolling this out, because I remember 4G launched without too much difficulty, at least in terms of the media or the debates around it, that didn't seem to be, um, you know, such, such a time lag or, or, or such kind of political hoo-ha around the rollout. With 5G it does seem to have been a longer lead time in rolling it out, and, and is that because it's so much faster than 4G? and and what are some of the kind of technical or you know cybersecurity challenges with, with rolling out a network like this
1: yes so see first of all multiple points here uh, john thanks for asking this so first of all there is a danger of obsolescence uh, you know as 5g technology evolves so 5g phones feature a combination of different frequency bands which you know could be compatible with different coverage uh, in different areas and uh, you know 5g improves with succeeding waves of rollouts, and the 5G phone needs to be, you know, adequately future-proofed uh, to keep pace with the way this is changing. And uh, while the COVID-19 pandemic may serve to accelerate the adoption of uh, 5G services, and as business move to remote uh, work and also learning happens at home, which can lead to a greater bandwidth demand, the digital transformation, you know, needs affordable devices really for the future and packed with all the creative tools. So, you know, the success of 5G also then depends on the adoption of common global standards to ensure that, you know, all the stakeholders then can begin to use the platform for innovation at the lowest possible cost. So, you know, the 5G ecosystem then needs to collaborate effectively to define the technologies, identify spectrum bands, and then develop business models and policy initiatives. And I think through industry collaboration, we can ensure that uh, you know, 5G becomes you know, an evolutionary change with an evolutionary impact and can you know, overcome all of these uh, challenges uh, which could be there.
0: Right, and I mean, I would love to see some studies on how much kind of 4G has impacted you know, global economies. So what is the financial impact of of 4g on the us or the uk or, or the you know the uae economy and it would be great to you know get hold of some figures where you can project that forwards and try and estimate you know what kind of economic impact will 5g have particularly as you mentioned during a pandemic when so many of our services uh, are moving online um so in a way do you think you know what's happening with with the pandemic and the economy here and globally in a way could speed up or accelerate the transition to 5G?
1: Definitely. I think, um, uh, see, what's, uh, what we are observing is that uh, in the post, uh, see right now, of course, we are still uh, very much going through this phase in which uh, uh, we still number, see a number of cases coming in. But what we foresee is that, you know, a lot of behaviour changes happening amongst our fans. And uh, we foresee that uh, even in a post-COVID world, there are going to be paradigm shifts in which people look at, uh, you know, what they do and how they lead their lives. So, for example, a lot of things need to be digitally enabled. And when that's uh, the case, and you gave a very good example of how, you know, one one needs to open a bank account in this situation and how one manages that. And similarly, there could be an experience in which you could be, you know, taking an online class and uh, similarly, there could be a situation where you are visiting a museum or, you know, you are virtually seeing something and there could be multiple use case in which 5G can play a very, very different, uh, 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 an important role in changing the overall experience you are experiencing this. So, for example, a student can go through a history lesson wherein, you know, with the help of, uh, uh, you know, VR, you can create an old uh battle which existed and you know try to explain that very differently so especially with the overall the way our lives are changing uh this will only accelerate the way uh, the adoption of 5g happens
0: that's a great vr example so my my one of my first degree was in history um and i think you know if I was a young, young student at school and um, could, have, could have experienced some of that in, in VR or, or, or that kind of thing, um, it would have actually been a great learning tool. I'd have loved it. I know that for a fact. Um, so I think, you know, you, you mentioned use cases. And um, one of the things we do on the UA Tech Podcast is we do try and imagine or figure out how future technologies could overlap or merge with some of the technologies we, we're discussing on each episode. And 5G is you know it's such an enabling technology, so you've got things like the Internet of Things, of course, which is you know, part of smart city development here in the UAE. You've got artificial intelligence, data analytics, robotics, cloud computing, uh, VR and AR. Um, as you mentioned, 3D printing and drones could all be uh, affected by the rise of these new higher bandwidth um, networks. And there's also, as I I previously just mentioned, a great little video out um, with Lewis Hamilton using 5G in in the UK to to kind of experience VR and AR mobile gaming. Um, So we're not just talking about higher speeds here, are we? We're talking about something that will enable many future technologies.
1: Yes, absolutely. And uh, see, first of all, there's going to be uh, as ABI research predicts, 5G will provide a 10x increase in throughput, a 10x decrease in latency, and, you know, overall 100x increase in traffic capacity over 4G. And this means that, you know, 5G would not only improve, but would be a very, very strong requirement for some of the exciting new uh, technologies that uh, come in. And uh, uh, some of the examples you gave, and they could be, Uh, use cases in medicine, uh, in terms of classroom, in terms of content creation uh, and uh, imagine someone creating content, not only from, you know, your Wi-Fi networks, but also uh, in crowded outdoors, uh, in stadiums, uh, you know, so that can be an important use case. Similarly, uh, if you look at artificial intelligence, see, artificial intelligence, a lot of it depends on data and, you know, more and more data Means mm-hmm. that you have more data sets and how, you know, you can uh, train algorithms uh, to predict better. And uh, that's another area in which uh, we can use cutting-edge technology, uh, you know, as uh, 5G gets, uh, uh, gets adapt- adopted more and more. So, uh, you know, like you said, it's not about doing more of what you're already doing. It's the paradigm shift uh, in terms of how you look at things and how new technologies are going to significantly uh, impact your work
0: and personal lives. And there is, um, you know, you're talking about higher bandwidth and the data and, and, and the impact on personal lives. You know, um, a, a lot of a lot of health providers in the UAE provide kind of healthcare monitoring apps now. You know, that's been powered by by another revolution in things like Fitbit devices. Um, but, you know, if 5G does roll out here in the UAE, you, you kind of already have this very... Um, kind of quite a long history of smart city development um, and, and using infrastructure to kind of provide citizen services, uh, you know, parking meters, all of that kind of thing. Um, so internet-connected cars, environmental sensors, thermostats. Um, in fact, we're using more of those than ever since COVID-19 here. If you live in the UAE, when you enter a mall or, or a lot of public buildings, you're, you're, you know, you're either scanned with infrared cameras or, or you're given... Um, a temperature check, um, and we know in, in countries across the world, you know, mobile telecoms devices are also being used to to try and fight COVID nineteen. But so, I guess you know, Sandeep, um, what what I'm getting at here is, you know, there's an impact on these future technologies, there's an impact on how we live our daily lives. But here in the UAE, there might also be an impact on the way we drive around the roads, the way we pay our parking tickets, the way we um, live in, in the city itself, be it renting a Kareem bike, um, which you know five to six years ago would, would have been a very strange thing to, to walk up and scan your phone, buy a bike, and then start riding it around to buy a marina or wherever. Um, so the cities around us, uh, you know, the cities that we live in and, and, and the kind of infrastructure around us could actually change with the, the advent of these 5G technologies after a couple of years.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, uh, John. So, just to give an example, um, long back uh, when I used to uh, hire a cab, I used to, you know, stand on the road and look at which are the cabs which are there and, you know, uh, try to take one of them. And I'm talking within UAE. And then I moved to a phone where I tried to call a cab and, you know, uh, on a number and uh, make sure that the cab would reach me at home or an office. And then I... Uh, would move uh, now. I've completely moved to an app wherein uh, I don't need to interact uh, with a driver and I can, or any with anybody, I can just book a cab uh, on my app and then uh, go to wherever I want to go get to. And similarly, this as we see, this has already seen a lot of evolution. And like you said, in future, uh, we are likely to see uh, driverless uh, cars and you know, no physical interaction. Uh, and uh, everything happening digitally. And this is again going to change quite significantly the way we are doing things. And this is just one example. This can happen in the way we shop, the way our uh, kids uh, learn at school, uh, the way we are uh, you know, experiencing different uh, uh, tourist uh, sites, uh, the way we are coming out of the airport through immigration. This has multiple impacts on different aspects of our lives and what we do on a day-to-day basis.
0: Faster immigration checks would be amazing, but I love the example of, of you know, Uber and and, Cream and and ride sharing because I would never have imagined that. Um, and it, it's also an interesting example because it shows how companies like HMD and and, and many companies in the digital economy are, in a way, um, augmenting globalization. But, simply by virtue of the technology. So, you know, you can arrive in the UAE and, and use your phone to hail a car, which, um, as you mentioned, for me, that's still pretty cool. I think for the younger generation, they just take it for granted now. But then you can fly to another city, and as long as you have a Wi-Fi connection or, or a mobile connection, use exactly the same app to call a the car there. And There is something nice about that, you know, you know arriving somewhere else in the world and, and using the familiarity of your handset to get to see a friend or to get to see a restaurant on the same app using, you know, the same private details. Um, and, you know, I think you're right. I think 5G would, will just augment that. And, and, you know, we'll, we'll, see whether, whether self-driving cars arrive anytime soon, but they will certainly be using, we know they'll certainly be using digital networks and, and mobile networks. Um, so I guess, you know, to, to finish off, uh, what what is the future for HMD? What are you um, looking forward to over the next twelve months to two years? What are, what are your priorities as a business here in the UAE?
1: Yes, uh, so so, uh, so first of all, uh, while we are talking a lot of, about how technology is going to change the world uh, that we live in, it's also important, you know, to understand that as technology advances and as global interconnectivity accelerates, there's more. Exposure to unprecedented security and system risk and cyber threats. And, uh, you know, we encourage our customers to scrutinize, you know, the security policies of, uh, you know, their uh, uh, handset manufacturer, and especially for um, uh, HMT Global and Nokia smartphones and to see to see how well they're aligned, uh, you know, uh, mm. to their needs. And uh, our devices are, have world-class security policies that confirm to ISO, 27001 and they are, uh, you know, ensured by certification and audits. And uh, we are also a global leader in terms of smartphone security updates. And we promise on all our devices across price points, uh, uh, you know, three years of monthly security updates. And uh, this is something which is very, very unique. And as per the counterpoint research in 2019, uh, you know, we were right up there in terms of far being the fastest for overall upgrades on uh, your smartphone software uh, to the next version of Android and also the best in terms of providing uh, the security updates. And then very recently we switched to Google Cloud in Finland for our data needs and also we have set up a very, uh, you know, a strong software security center in Tampere. And uh, therefore, you know, just my point I'm trying to reiterate is that the software security uh, is very close to our heart uh, as the only European smartphone uh, brand today uh, globally. So this, I just wanted to highlight this in no. terms of security because whenever you discuss the new technology, it's important to mm. also discuss, you know, how security is very important uh, as we adopt new and new technologies.
0: I think that's a so really good point.
1: point yeah. It can be global.
0: Mm. I mean, A, you know, it, again, we probably should have mentioned HMD Global is, is one of the, the the main, if not only, I think you said, European um, companies in this space. There aren't that many comp- compared to other parts of the world. Um, but but I agree with you, and I think things might change. You know, um, in a way, security probably should, should have been one of the first questions I asked about today. Um, but I think the trend might start changing, whereby even consumers, you know, when they go to buy... A phone will increasingly start asking about security I know it's something that I have in the back of my mind now um, where, where you know in the past it might not have, have been something that was even there and I think as we've discussed things like healthcare things like education for kids things like you know using your phone to pay for services uh, and the amount of private data that we store on our phones um, which is just you know getting more and more I think our phones have much more data on our personal lives than, you know, governments have access to. Um, I think you're right. I think security is, is a massive issue. And again, if, if HMD strategy is accessibility and kind of mainstream access, then the security of those, 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 you know, mega networks will probably be really critical, um, at every end of the spectrum for, for 5g to, to roll out successfully.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, that's going to be critical and both in my view, technological advancement and overall security, uh, including cybersecurity are very, very critical as we move forward. So uh, now to answer uh, the the other question on um, HMD Global. So I just want to reiterate that. uh, uh, So today we are the only European brand uh, in the mobile phone and smartphone uh, space and uh, we are very focused on uh, bringing 5g smartphones accessible to you know our fans around the world and also focusing on uh, different growth markets uh, uh, and expand our presence uh, uh, over there uh, meanwhile uh, uh, as we move forward we are also looking to enter uh, into the overall services space uh, and not being only uh, not playing only in the hardware uh, uh, space and we are looking at uh, HMD Connect, which is a service that we have launched, which is a global data roaming service enabling people around the world to benefit from a hassle-free data sim when, you know, when they're traveling around the world and this works in over 120 countries uh, around the world. Similarly, we are also offering uh, value-added services like insurance and extended warranty for our fans. And uh, I also already spoke about our overall, uh, you know, overall proposition on security. But that's something which is very, very key to as we move forward, because we want our fans to have a very, very secure experience of all the digital services uh, that they are looking to uh, looking to experience. And for this, we also acquired uh, Valona Labs, you know, and uh, the assets of Valona Labs, uh, which has expertise in, uh, you know, mobile enterprise and cybersecurity software. And it's only because of our such strong proposition, we have also, you know, doubled our market share, in the enterprise space. Uh, and uh, so that's something that uh, you know, we are looking forward to. So in terms of uh, building our 5G, uh, 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 you know, 5G uh, footprint in different markets, across different uh, price bands with multiple products that uh, we launch as we move forward.
0: Thank you for that. I mean, the HMD Connect thing, um, putting aside the, the market growth, which sounds pretty impressive, the, uh, the HMD Connect thing is also great because while we have been talking about how these technologies augment globalization, there is nothing worse than arriving in a new country and getting massive 5G roaming charges. Um, and that's one of, I mean, this is an aside, that's one of my bugbears in, in the European um, telecom space because, you know, as you know, Sun Meets in Europe, we have something called a common market and the idea that you should be able to travel around um without kind of economic barriers, and yet even now in Europe, when you travel from France to Italy, um, roaming can be can be a bit of a challenge, um, uh, and I think that that's something that's beginning to change, not just in Europe, but, but all over the world, um, and you know, it's nice to see some of those services kicking off, um, particularly as many of the apps we use don't really care too much about what country we're in. Um, so, That's been a fascinating discussion today. I think, you know, we've touched on so many things. I hope um, for those listening, uh, the role of HMD in or, you know, accelerating 5G here in the UAE and the the global implications of this technology are a little bit clearer. Um, And thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much, John. I really appreciate uh, talking to you and it's been great and a fascinating uh, discussion. And uh, thanks for having me here.
0: You too. Have a great day. Thanks.
1: You too. Bye. Bye.